This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Put down to individual freedom, limited government, the rule of law, peace through strength, fiscal responsibility, free markets, and human dignity. Those, those are the foundations that made us the extraordinary nation that we are. And you and I today are the stewards of those principles. The things that have made us the freest, most powerful, most successful nation in the history of the world. The things that have made us truly exceptional. Louisiana Congressman, now Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, seven core values, two things that I really liked about uh, this guy, what he said yesterday. These are speeches. I'm from the show me state, still got to show me, but two things he said. He said, number one, these are not just conservative values. These are American values. We say that a lot here on the show. The other thing that I really loved, uh, he said, we are going to show the American people why our policies are best for us as a whole. I'm a big fan of that, too. I think that's what we do here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. We say, okay, we're not complaining about uh, President Magoo. These are real things. Here's how it affects you. I think Johnson said that. The other thing I appreciated about Mike Johnson yesterday, uh, stealing some language that we hear from Stephanie Bell a lot. You're going to see an aggressive schedule. Every when Stephanie's out of town, and she's an incredibly busy human being, and she says her her schedule is not busy. Her schedule is aggressive. Yeah, what's he going to take? What's going to take for Johnson to get the Stephanie stamp of approval? Well, I think we know from his past actions and what we've heard from others is that he is a staunch social conservative. Um, certainly, he would be to the right of where I am on many of those issues. So that has me a little bit concerned that that is going to be his only thing. I would really like to see him come forward and and put down his foot on some of the fiscal issues especially with all the budgetary issues with with the funding for the war in ukraine all of those things you know i'm i'm hoping he is as fiscally conservative as he is socially conservative marsh what about you in a few words uh, your take on the guy i think he comes from the right place i think he seems like a real measured guy and sounds connected and all for as, as little as we initially knew about him sounds like a positive stephanie nailed it yesterday she said why haven't we heard about this guy before and as i'm watching his speech yesterday i'm like yes why have not we heard this from this guy before randy tobler hosts the randy tobler show today four to six every day four to six what was your initial take on this guy Wow, where was he back in January? <laughs> this, uh, I loved his speech. I loved the fact that he's uh, he's unabashed about his biblical beliefs, and that's not about the biblical beliefs necessarily, although I think that's good. But he's not afraid to say what he believes. And those seven core values, I'd like to see an eighth one, personal responsibility. Um, you know, I think there's an element there that uh, I'm hoping that uh, his leadership might bring back not only to the, the way uh, members of the House conduct themselves, the things they say about one another and about, uh, you know, the, the, the goings-on of our life. But um, I'm excited about him. I mean, I, I got I to throttle back my excitement because I think this is the guy that we've been looking for for a long time. Apparently, he gets along with everyone in the caucus. He's got a, what, 90-plus rating with Heritage and with the American Conservative Union. Those are pretty good credentials. So uh, I'm anxious to see what he can do. And Congressman Mark Alford joined us earlier this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. You can check that on the podcast, kwos.com, 939theeagle.com. By about 10 o'clock, that should be posted. But he said uh, the thing that he personally respected about him was uh, his life of faith. Randy Tobler hosts the Randy Tobler Show weekdays, um, 4 to 6. And I don't like to dig in this bag a whole lot. I am more apt to walk into the studio and say, Randy, what's this spot on my chest or something like that, which has <laughs> happened, by the way. And somebody walked, 
I'm in the studio one day and I've got my shirt up because I'm worried I got skin cancer or something. And at the most inopportune time, somebody just happened to walk into the studio, closed doors while I got my shirt up, showing them a spot above my right breast. So I don't like to pull. I'm more apt to ask you your personal opinion on our friendship level than I am about right. stuff on the show. But I want to ask you this: There was this. We talk about this pilot uh, that was in the jumper seat, the Alaska Airlines flight out west, and apparently went berserk. He's charged with 80-plus counts of murder now because he tried bringing down the plane. He had some inside knowledge, but apparently chatting about psychedelic mushrooms and psychedelics. Story recently in Missouri talking about the value of psychedelics, especially for folks PTSD as it relates to the military. From your medical point of view, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I think the the psychiatric and neurologic community is um, just sort of on the frontier of how to address the potential use of these psychedelic compounds. Um, And yes, they're derived from mushrooms, but I think they'll eventually and can already be synthesized. But uh, in a controlled environment, this is the thing I've heard when I've listened to podcasts, read, you know, articles by people that that are into this. In a controlled environment, you know, the the padded room in a research hospital, (laughs) kind of a vision that, they can be helpful because, I mean, they, th- these people need to be closely monitored when you're using it for medicinal purposes. But like a lot of psychoactive substances, whether it's our booze or our weed or, in this case, our mushrooms or the, you know, the, the, the other synthetics that people like to access and, and experiment with and self-treat their uh, various psychiatric maladies, um, uh, that we're not professionals when we self-treat with these things. And that's why... People yeah. do things like that pilot. And so I, I, think that, I, I, I understand it. It was like do the, it under a monitor. Sorry, monitor. I didn't mean to, to walk all over no, you, okay. Ray. It's <laughs> like we have two talk show hosts in the <laughs> studio at once or something. Right. Um, <laughs> well, and apparently it was like one of his first time taking shrooms. So on an airplane, maybe not the first time you wow. should be dropping some psychedelics. Local state rep Doug Mann, uh, who was uh, elected uh, a year ago, uh, he is resigning yep. his seat after year. He says because of depressive uh, issues. Our guest Randy yep. Tobler on the Randy Tobler Show. Yeah, absolutely. And I, Brandon, we just saw Doug Mann out at the I seventy bill signing. He was out there uh, with, with the governor, so he'll serve the rest of his term though, and and, and won't seek reelection. Randy, I am interested. I'm going to go back to what Brandon talked about about the the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, because I, I I'm a C-SPAN junkie, so I'm very familiar with him. He he was on there quite a bit um but he he's got a narrow margin i mean you're, you're talking about maybe plus four it depends on how many show up and santos what's going to happen to him so let's just say he's got you know three or four if, he, if he's lucky uh you can't spare any more than that realistically what can he get done as speaker in this environment you, you might as well say it's 50 50 right now I think what he can get done in is bigger in the long term than the short term. And what I mean by that is if he can be a clarion, resolute, and respectful voice for conservatism and, and really make the GOP slash conservative movement an honorable and respectable one, even for people that may disagree, but say, hey, wait a minute, these people are serious-minded, no more clown show, no more fake news, no more lies and spin, um, you know, I think that's the sweet spot, not only in whatever can be done in the short term. Maybe he can unite people around common, you know, consensus goals that, that both parties agree. And I think now both parties agree we need something to do about the border, although the Democrats 
silently when he mentioned border control. But I think uh, that was a political move, not their pragmatic uh, election cycle move. So in the long term, though, that kind of a stance and being with with the bully pulpit that the House speakership carries, I want to see a bigger majority that can get something done then along with a republican in the white house next week uh, next year that's i think where that guy can make a big difference because i think he just seems to have the right um, the right constitution uh, pun intended and the right spirit of communication so we'll have to see where it goes but i think that's that's the long shot mccarthy was pretty good at doing that i think the frankly the trump uh, tales brought him down a little bit the success he could have had in the house but that's a very important job for the speaker and if he's he's just got to build a bigger coalition what do you make of this dust up here in missouri about the speaker dean plocker uh i i can i always have a wide window of grace uh, personally and professionally for and politically for people because in the busy world of politics i mean you know it better than i uh it's it's easy they got a lot of people around you hovering trying to help doing things i can see a person making a mistake once i can see a campaign staffer making a mistake once maybe twice i don't know i get concerned about that many it becomes a pattern and not just a one-off after a time and we know it's going to be played up for just a it's just going to eat tried that people are going to try to eat him alive um look everyone who runs for office has some problem either currently or in the past and then a skeleton in their closet uh you got to be careful though and tell your staff early on man we can't even afford one one decimal point of uh, the appearance of impropriety. This may be very, very troublesome for him. I wonder if that's why Bob Anders in the race. What about you? Yeah, or, or thinking of thinking about it. He's not in the race, but I've heard he's thinking about it. Well, he dropped talking. half a million dollars into his own campaign, so he's he's thinking about something for sure. But yeah, I wonder, you know, if you know if that would invite additional people to try to drop into that race it's already fair holly raider is also um declared in that race so um i think oh, yeah. the next step in my understanding is there's a house ethics committee uh meeting coming up this week and i'm not sure whether we'll hear anything yeah. out of that or not but um i think that's the next step all right uh randy tobler coming up today four o'clock it's the randy tobler show and it's pretty cool one of the things i like about the show like you know you're heading home from the capital after work you're wherever you are it's kind of like hey here's some of the big news stories of the day here's what's been going on do you know what you're going to be doing this afternoon yeah tony tony lupo is going to be with us i understand we've got some crazy weather coming in here on the heels of two months of drought brian hansen either is doing mushrooms Pulling my chain, or has been talking to Tony Lupo. I'm not sure, but I walked in the studio yesterday and he said, "Hey, I'm hearing about snow next week," and I'm like, "I got to talk to Tony about that." So we haven't checked with Tony. I am. I heard you talk with Mike Kehoe about the drought, and I'm just curious whether this really is, you know, going to be a trend. Uh, just the crazy weather up and down, roller coaster weather, because um, he has those long range, you know, binoculars meteorologically, and uh, and see what it might mean for the future of Missouri's climate and agriculture and commerce. It's it's interesting discussion. Tony Lupo, uh, atmospheric scientist at Mizzou, and he's a conservative man. The guy seriously gives a straight story. He's, he, he's an atmospheric scientist, and he gives a straight story uh, when it yeah. comes to those things. And I heard the other day, because I always wonder about those long-term forecasts and the Farmer's Almanac and how consistent, how accurate they are. I had a friend, LG, LG Patterson, one of the most amazing photographers I've ever met in my life. He is a photographer for Inside Columbia Magazine and the Zimmer Radio Group. He's taken iconic pictures over the years that have you been used in national publications and he says pawpaws the pawpaw fruit 
Something about mm. you split open the pawpaw fruit, and depending on how the seed looks mm-hmm. like, it looks. Are you familiar with this, Mark? I think it's persimmon. If I'm not, that I think it was be. a persimmon. It yes. was like a, if it looks like a fork or if it looks like a spoon. Yeah, I don't know my fruits very well. And normally, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be that bothered by the snow, but I really do. I want to hear from Tony Lupo because I want to know: Do I need to get my ski gear out for trick or treating on Tuesday night? <laughs> and all right, Randy Tobler, check out his show this afternoon. We love you, brother. Love you, too. And all the best to you in your future, man. Let's stay in touch. Will do. Coming up a few minutes from now, uh, Morning Bell, business news with a... <laughs> Had to think about that one. I know. I'm trying to figure out where I am. My uh, head is spaced right now. Morning Bell, business news with a little twist that only Stephanie Bell can bring you. Well, Brandon, you're not the only one who likes to say, I told you so. Toyota's chairman has been saying that over the last couple of days. We'll hear... This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Morning Bell, business news with a little twist only Stephanie Bell can give you. Dow futures are sitting just about even. S&P down nearly a quarter percent. NASDAQ almost, well, not quite half a percent. So a little bit of a mixed bag this morning as well. Uh, Brandon, is there anything you love doing more than telling people I told you so? I love calling and complaining about customer <laughs> service. Although yesterday, yesterday, I called a Hy-Vee grocery store to compliment young lady who helped me at a self-checkout. She was, I was having a hard time. And it wasn't me. It wasn't user error, Hannah. Uh, it was it was an issue with the grapes that I was, and she was just I don't know some about it. When I went home, I went and I called the manager and said, "Hey, this young lady is to be commended." Good job with that. Well, this guy is joining you in your "I told you so" chorus. That's Toyota's chairman. He many years ago he started really investing in hybrids, and that was where Toyota was going. And he said, "This is the future. We're going to do hybrids." Everyone else is like, "No, we're all in on EVs." And of course, we know our government has been all in on. EVs trying to pressure people and they're just not taking off. They are expensive. They and, and that's I think that's the for me that's the biggest hurdle. I, I mean, I don't really uh, I don't love the idea of a battery. I mean, charging is I have a hurdle with charging things. We know she this, does. but um, I can I can confirm when she comes into the studio every morning, it's usually followed by a yeah. string of curse words. And saying, this isn't charged, that isn't charged, where's my charger? Curse words and and power packs to charge her stuff. And makeup brushes. But yes, so, you know, I have personal hurdles to EVs, but, you know, they're just not seeing the market, even with all of the pressure from the government that they thought. And so our good friend, the chairman of Toyota, is saying, told you so, I you need to invest in hybrids. And I really liked this. Um, He offered some wise words to the auto industry. He said, there are many ways to climb the mountain that is achieving carbon neutrality. And I thought that is really for all of us a good reminder that, you know, a lot of times people just want to charge straight up the mountain. Sometimes it's a winding path. Sometimes you got to take a different path. And he's saying, this isn't the only way, guys. We've got to be, you know, have more creative solutions. And clearly, you know, the market and the consumers aren't, aren't they're not they're not there yet and and so um you know they've had really good luck with hybrids and actually other other manufacturers are kind of like you know maybe this guy's got a point i'm not sure that evs could charge up a mountain even if they wanted to (laughs) right (laughs) well and the cool thing because uh, toyota john as i recall they were like the first one on the hybrid and here's some other facts as it relates to electric vehicles general motors said uh, last week a story we brought you they are delaying the opening of an electric pickup truck factory in michigan uh, also, Ford Motor Company considering cutting a work shift at a plant.
plant where it builds its electric pickup trucks. And there was some other news as far as Ford uh, plants were concerned. And I think, I, at least from, listen, you want to buy an electric car? That's cool, man. If you can afford it, want to charge it, I think that's great. But the problem, the challenge, well, it's beyond a challenge. When President Magoo starts telling you, you're going to have to drive this. And they're not saying you have to drive electric vehicles is what they're doing like they've done in California. You don't have to. But after 2035, we're not going to be selling, we're not going to allow dealerships to sell internal combustion engines. When you force it, that's the problem. It really is a problem. And, you know, compounding, you know, Biden's, you know, telling us we need an EV, but really compounding the problem as well, which has nothing, you know, is no fault of the auto industry, are the interest rates. Thanks. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Before those with middle and aisle seats. It's being done to shape off some time during boarding. And the company says it can save two minutes with the change. And I'm all for it. By the way, it's 836. Welcome to the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. There's uh, Stephanie Bell. Good morning, staff. Good morning. Sir Hannah. Hello. Marsh is here. Yep. Brian Howlsworth running around. My name is Brandon Rathard. We just, so it's 836 right now. We just learned this at 834 this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. We had no idea. So I'm flying. I'm going to go do the final show tomorrow with Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And then I'm flying. I'm like walking out of the building, walking into the Columbia Regional Airport. Fly to Idaho, goes carve pumpkins with the grandkids. Stephanie, when and she And you le- thought you were leaving us behind. Guess where Stephanie's going tomorrow when she leaves the show. <laughs> On that same flight. <laughs> Guess which flight we're... The 1225 out of the Columbia Regional Airport. <laughs> Awkward. And we... Yeah, that's my thought exactly. Because I'm like, man, 9 o'clock, I won't... <laughs> And you know how picky she is about who she sits next to on airplanes. Mm-hmm. So then I said this. I Blame said, her? <laughs> I said, um, well, I'm, gonna, I'm guessing... We're going to sit in different sections of the airplane because Stephanie will be in that section of the airplane that's up front, you know. And there isn't first class on our flight tomorrow, so you are wrong. How bizarre, John, would that be? You can't get away from us. We need to check. By the <laughs> way, I need, we need to check seating assignments. That is crazy. Blows what if away. you guys are sitting next to each other? <laughs> Listen, we've been sitting next to each other here for some three years on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am willing to, uh, would be delighted to do it for uh, uh, another day. Yeah, but you don't have to worry about, like, you know, getting along after tomorrow, so. Let's move forward. I'm just Uh, glad if Brandon's really cranky, I'll be there to film it. (laughs) That'll be funny, man. How cool is that? How interesting is that? Um, Welcome to the show. Somebody else getting ready to get on an airplane. Um, Our friends Hilly and Hart from one of our country stations in the building, Cat Country. There's a dude uh, named Guglielmo Marconi. Uh, he is the dude, or was a dude, as John properly says. There was a dude by the name of Guglielmo Marconi. And, John, who was Guglielmo Marconi? He was a feller what invented this here business. He invented radio. Yeehaw. Now every year there's a huge <laughs> awards ceremony. It's akin uh, Marconi's art in the radio industry, what the Oscars would be to Hollywood and Hilly and Hart on our sister station, uh, Cat Country. Flew to New York. They got onto an airplane. Probably had to sit together also. Uh, got on an airplane. Flew to New York. They checked into a hotel room. A hurried bustled off to this massive award ceremony. We're talking red carpet and everything. Couple of kids from right here in mid-Missouri at this event. And they won. Can we give these guys a huge round of applause? They join us on the show. Now let's start with Aaron. Aaron, what was your reaction when you heard your guys' name? Because this is against radio stations all across America. What was your reaction when you heard your guys' name called out? 
Okay, so I'll be honest. I did not think we had a chance of winning. You know, we were up against four other um, personalities. And, you know, so we've been saying, oh, okay, we got a 20% shot of winning. Well, we all know 20% is not a whole lot. Uh, so I was kind of filming the screen thinking, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, at least we can film this screen. We'll see our names, you know, up there as a nominee, and that'll be fun, and we can take that back. That's as far as I thought it was going to go. Um, it wasn't until they said, you know, and the winner is K-A, and I was like, wait a minute. And they kept going T-I, and I'm like, wait, what? And then they're like, Kevin Hilly and Aaron Hart. I'm like, oh, my, what? And I'm still filming. And at, at, then I hear our program director going, that's you guys. Go, go. And so I handed him my phone. And after that, you just kind of blank out. I mean, we were kind of running through the crowd. We hopped up on stage. Uh, here we have all these, you know, basically titans of the industry staring at us. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, oh my God, we have to make a speech. Some of the very and, best all in the industry. And here's a couple of some folks from mid-Missouri. You know, fish out of water, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, it, it was unlike any other experience I've had. Uh, and Kevin, what was your uh, reaction as you're listening to this unfold? You know, honestly, we didn't even have a speech plan. We really didn't. We had no. In fact, it's funny. After we were both up there, uh, it was such an emotional the, I mean, the impact of that. We cried. I, 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 I well, I kind of. No, I wouldn't say I cried. We I, cried. I, I, I Don't missed let him it. I missed <laughs> up a little bit, but, but I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't even remember what I said. I seriously couldn't. I got back, and later on, everybody was saying that was the best speech of the night. It was, a, and we had like big names telling us. You know, James Brown from CBS Sports was there. Rich Eisen was hosting from NFL Network. I mean, like these are like guys that I really look up to. They're like, you guys were like the best speech of the night. I was like, really? I don't even know what I said, man. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was it was uh, it was bizarre, and it was heartbreaking. It was it was it was surreal. It was an amazing. Um, and now we're sitting here in, at LaGuardia Airport having breakfast, going like, did that really happen? <laughs> it was like some wild dream. Uh, Kevin, if you could talk, and, and this is great because it's not just about us bragging on on some of our, our fellow radio folks and some folks from uh, mid-Missouri in New York picking up the biggest award that you can get in the radio industry. But I think there's something in, in, important here. You guys are recognized for your work. Can you talk for a minute, Kevin, about the importance to the community of local radio? Yeah, absolutely. In, in fact, that is one of the things that we touched on. I do remember that part of the speech because I've seen it since because it was recorded. Uh, that was one of the points that I made was that Philly and Hart, you know, we, this is, it's, it's a brand in the sense of people know what to expect and they, they tune in and, and everything each morning. But it's the fact that the listeners are very, very much a part of this. They, they welcome us into their home and into their cars each morning. And they're kind of kind of invested in what we're doing and vice versa. We hear about their lives and everything. And it really is a community uh, endeavor. Erin, I mean, would you, would you say that that's uh, the right way to put it? Yeah. Um, we're going to support the people that are supporting us. Um, and, and that's just how it is. You know, uh, we go out, we do a lot of community events and stuff. And. Um, I remember a friend saying, oh, my gosh, so you guys must be, like, you know, rolling in the money. No, no, we, we don't charge anything. It's it's a community service, and it's because we love our community and we care about our community. And 
we want whatever event they're having to succeed, you know, because if they're having events that succeed, our community succeeds. It's as simple as that. Well, and I know you had a lot of people cheering you on last night. I was standing in for you at the Rack Scala, and a lot of people knew that you were in New York, and people said, yeah, I've seen Aaron's posts and everything, and they were kind of waiting, and when I got to go over and tell <laughs> some of these folks, she won, it was like an eruption. Everyone was celebrating with you, so I hope you know there are a lot of people here pulling for you and excited for your big win. Oh, well, first off, Rax is such an amazing organization, and it kind of it kind of gutted me when we got nominated, because the company goes, hey, we want to send you to New York. And I was like, oh, I've already got plans. I'm going to empty this gala. And they're like, um, you you need to, we, we're going to need you to pull out of that. We, we're we going to send you to New York. And I was like, well, I, I hated to do that. But they were, Rex was so cool and gracious. And we're just like, you know, hey, go and, you know, bring home a win. Bring us home a win. And, you know, I, I was going to feel awful, absolutely awful, if I pulled out and came all this way and we came back with nothing. So it's exciting to share that win with them. It really is. All right. Aaron, is and, there... And you know, yeah. one, of the, one of the things, and I, I've said this for years, is that, I mean, and please don't get me wrong, I'm not minimizing the award. This is incredible. Greatest, I mean, you know, 40-plus years in this business, the greatest um, recognition I've ever received but I will tell you, when, when it comes to awards, and again, I've said this for years, when we come across people on the street and we're out and about and everything, and people say, oh, man, you're like, you're a part of our family. We feel like you're our, in our family, and, you know, we hear you, and, and, and we, we, you know, we laugh with you and everything. To me, that is an award in itself. It really is, because that means you've, you've touched people. You've, you've made a connection with them. And there's so much radio now, especially um, sort of, dare I say, corporate you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we where it's it's about. not local anymore, yeah. and and they don't have that connection, and we do, and man, that is something to hold on to. And so this kind of recognition like this is just sort of the cherry on on the on the top. Uh, and the, I think the importance of local uh, radio, and you talk about um, uh, corporate radio, not in an effort to de to demean uh, corporate radio, but I think, for example, um, you know, the tornado we had several years ago, and there's local mm -hmm. radio nonstop covering what's happening, where you can go, where help is. And I think about local businesses um, that over the years that local radio has helped, like Rosebud Tractor and Equipment and Midmo Telecom and Security and Pro Pumping and Hydro Jetting and people like Atterbury Auction and Realty Company and Vogel Insurance helping those local businesses and being a part of the community. Know that we are big fans of you guys. What are you having for breakfast right now? Uh, I'm excited because I had mimosa. Nice. All I learned on the trip was a mimosa, and I finally got my mimosa. Uh, it, it's a $16 mimosa, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. I was going to say, where else do you get $16 uh uh, eggs and bacon, you know, but at the LaGuardia Airport. But you know, I'm, Aaron, I'm, Aaron Aaron just had a pizza and eggs, I, bacon and egg pizza. Yeah, I'm enjoying a like a twenty two dollar breakfast pizza. But I, <laughs> I gotta say, there's some cheese on here I can't pronounce, uh, but it's absolutely delicious. All right, Hilly and Hart from uh, our friends across the hallway here at the Zimmer uh, Zimmer Radio Group, winning a Marconi.
for uh, for pretty good radio show. And this is Aaron's second win in New York City. Aaron just last year won a very prestigious Women in Broadcasting Award too. Grace Award, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I was just here in June, so. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I know a lot of people like to poo-poo on New York, but New York's been very good to me. <laughs> been very good to Kevin. We so appreci- I, I will forever be an honorary New York girl. We appreciate you guys, man. Safe travels uh, home. Coming up a few minutes from now, we're going to be doing some leftovers. I don't know if this is interesting or not, Steph, but we got talking about this uh, the story about Toyota. And all along, like they've been, despite the fact, is to my recollection, one of the first folks to move forward with hybrid cars. But they do not sell, as far as I know, they do not sell an electric vehicle. And they're like, yeah, we're going to hold out and wait. Anyhow, it's kind of an interesting um, story. But the chairman of the company, uh, his name is uh, Akio Toyota. But there's something interesting about his Toyota name. He spells it with a D. Yeah, so it looks just like the brand name, but with the D. Yeah, so why is that? This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Enjoy. Fascinating story in the morning bell this morning, 825. Every morning, business news, a little twist that Stephanie brings you. It's not the old boring and here's the business report, fun stuff. But it was kind of, um, and who doesn't love to use the phrase? I told you so. Toyota kind of using that now. They're saying, yeah, you know, we're not all in on these uh, electric vehicles. And we're seeing some changes among uh, General Motors and Ford. And we're seeing, by the way, less and less interest from the consumer. And I have nothing against uh, uh, electric vehicles. I wouldn't buy one. You want to buy one, that's fine. The problem is when you are, in fact, being funneled, being forced, forced to buy them for BS reasons. They're not friendlier on the environment overall. Look it up, Google it, do whatever you want to do. But anyhow, um, the uh, the chairman's uh, name, Akio Toyota, T-O-T-O-Y-O-D-A. Of course, we spell, when we look at the cars, you spell it... With a T. With a T, T-O-Y-O-T-A. And I thought it was a typo at first, honestly. Right? So that's kind of the reaction. So apparently the story is, uh, and I have checked this, so I am not CNN. I am not the New York Times. CNN, by the way, apologizing for the story about the uh, the hospital blast. So I have uh, double and triple checked this. Toyota Motor Comp- uh, Corporation was founded by the Toyota with the D. Toyota family, the word Toyota with a D, uses 10 Japanese strokes to write while... Toyota with the T uses only eight. Eight is considered a lucky number in Japanese culture. For these reasons, Toyota with the T was chosen as the company's name. That's neat. Hmm. Drop that on your friends at work and see if they give a crap. What do you got for leftovers? I can't get over this phone story that you shared. The average lifespan of smartphones is around two and a half years. But if you're lucky enough to have an iPhone, they're claiming that it's four to eight years. Samsung, uh, not too far behind with three to six years. But um, yesterday we talked about crusty pillows. And today we're getting a lot of texts about crusty iPhones. Um, I think Roger said he's texting with his iPhone 7. Angela says her mom has a 5S. I didn't know those things were still around, uh, but that is that. I think wow. she said that's ten years ago. Takes uh, D cell batteries to run <laughs> it. Right? Uh, the big guy, my dad, had until two years ago. He had a flip phone. He had this flip phone for fifteen years. No kidding. I thought my Samsung Galaxy S eight at seven years was impressive. This this flip, and I think it was like a Kia Sarah or something, lasted fifteen. 
19 years. And finally, he uh, went to a smartphone. Marsh, what's in your refrigerator of leftovers? Well, baseball fans, we just heard Dusty Baker's retiring as manager of the Astros after 26 years and skippered the Giants, I think, most of the time. And unfortunately, uh, skippered the Cubbies in there. But uh, he's retiring after things didn't quite work out when the Astros lost to the Rangers in the ALCS. The other thing we're learning today is that Dean Plocker is supposed to be live on Scott Vaughn's show. And so I'm excited because we have only seen his response on Twitter. So we should have updates tomorrow on what he is saying in response to um, all of the calls uh, on social media. And, in you know, I think Kehoe had a very measured response today. He did. Governor. And Dean Plocker, Missouri Speaker of the House, allegations of him double dipping for travel uh, expenses. And Lieutenant Governor Kehoe told us about an hour and a half ago, he said, well, I've talked to him. And he says, I'm waiting to pass judgment. He says... You know, uh, uh, let's wait because we're seeing some uh, some hot takes. Kind of, it's kind of like CNN or New York Times going with a hot take. Look, Israelis bombed a hospital, uh, and that's kind of how I look at it with some of these things. Regardless of what I think about the individual that's, that that uh, allegations are being leveled uh, against, we've seen how dangerous that can be with people like CNN and, and uh, New York Times, the Associated Press. And it's kind of the same thing when you have politicians going out and attacking other politicians if they don't know the facts. It can be dangerous. Well, and Lieutenant Governor said, you know, hey, before I get on social media, if I know that person, I prefer kind of to have a face-to-face and an interact, you know, a phone call. And I think that, you know, I yeah. think that's a respectable way to yeah. behave. And then if I talk to you and I'm like,